0: Good morning, fellow Gooners, and welcome to another episode of Canon Talk. I'm your host Morne, and my host as usual, Aiden.
1: How's it, guys? It's been a dark week for us as Arsenal fans. One thing that I can say is Emre was a coward against Southampton to set up the team the way he did. He played five at the back compared to Southampton, who were struggling for their lives, who came there, went for it with a 4-3-3.
0: You know, coming up against the Saints, I really thought you know this is going to be one of those winnable games. You know, to finally get us out of this rut we've constantly been through now. Since I mean, like the last uh, Premier League win was something like the sixth of October, I think. Um, you know that, and I thought, okay, we're going to go with you know much positivity. But I mean, that all went out of the window within the first thirty seconds because all of a sudden uh, they start attacking us from kick straight from kickoff, and I mean, Tierney ends up losing the ball and uh, what Armstrong ends up letting rip from I think about 25 yards nearly missing the Arsenal goal I mean early warnings for Arsenal
1: I think at that point you knew you know Arsenal if they didn't wake up they were going to be in for a game and that's what we saw Southampton were quicker to everything they were sharper Arsenal were still on the team bus by the looks of it with the first 10 to 15 minutes of the game
0: and I mean like 8 minutes uh, you know Arsenal conceded a free kick Everybody seemingly switched off at the back. And, I mean, uh, this is where uh, I find, you know, almost like the core to the, this rot that Arsenal at the moment. You know, no discipline. Everybody's, like, you know, defense, like even the guys that are in a, as defensive midfielders as well as out actual defense. Everybody with their back to the ball. In that time that they're doing that, uh, Southampton play a quick ball, playing Danny Ings. And, I mean, the whole defense is caught flat-footed and he fires past Leno, 1-0 Southampton. What a shock.
1: I couldn't believe it, and as a an as avid better from time to time, I, I thought this was a, a, a sure punter for me to to take it. And, I mean, you know, you want Arsenal to win, and then they go down 1-0, and you're thinking, oh, my word, here we go again. Same old story.
0: And, I mean, it was becoming also clear to see uh, Southampton were are cutting us apart as well. I mean, they were dictating when and how they are attacking us and, you know, when they're willing to give us possession to, you know, get some sort of foothold on the game. But, I mean, no sooner we got a foothold, like, you know, the, uh, got into possession of the ball, we end up just giving the ball away again. And, I mean, Obafemi is also, Obafemi he ends up missing a shot on 14 minutes. And, I mean, Arsenal were really on the ropes.
1: Yeah, I, I honestly, you could see at that point that the players weren't playing for the manager anymore at that point. Like you just couldn't see them getting that, you know, that um wanting that desire to want to go. I mean yeah. yes they, they did get the equalizer ten minutes after they're conceding. But good good work from Uzel and brilliant cross by Tierney and you know lovely finish by Lacazette. But you know, it doesn't take the fact away that before that we were we were shaking. I mean I couldn't see anything but the Southampton win at that point and it's quite scary at Either mm-hmm. that happened at the Emirates.
0: I mean, what I found also, in a way, uh, you know, it was like shocking You know, It was also, look, you know, what sort of goals Arsenal are normally capable of. But, I mean, when you see it, like, you know, the, the, like, the Ethan the, 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 the Hope shot of Aubameyang mm-hmm. that, that he totally miscues. And, I mean, almost like the the scruffy way it, it now, you know, ends up landing at, at Lucas's feet. But, okay, striker mm-hmm. instinct, I mean, it just took a quick swivel and he, you know, got us to 1-1 again. Then, you know, then you think to yourself, okay, has this now brought us somehow into the game again? And then you got 20 on 21 minutes where Hoiberg again has a near miss. And you think to yourself, are these guys, you know, I think you also mentioned it a while back where, you know, when we get a goal back or we go a goal lead you know, just to somehow take that sting out of the game somewhat because it's like we play at this hectic pace and then it's all like it ends up biting us on the backside because, they they come immediately, almost like a, a few minutes after the kickoff again. Then they again having uh, go with our goal again and a pot shot out, our uh, goal.
1: I, I think under Emre, we've just been a basketball team that you know you shoot, we shoot, you should, we shoot, and it, it's come to a point where you know our shooting hasn't you know found the back of the net, and the opposition at times have been taking advantage of that. And like you mentioned, we could have been four, five nil down against Southampton at, at a stage in the game. Yeah.
0: Because, I mean, look, it was a case of Southampton just physically overpowering Arsenal because we were coming second best in the 50-50s. Second best, with even, that, that, uh, you know, when when, uh, when it came to the aerial bombardment, we were almost like... Cause they, I mean, I've seen some shocking footage early on because there's on, on other TV channels also, you know, analysing this game also. Uh, yeah, like, with, with when balls were coming, like long balls, getting hoofed to to Tierney and, and Ballon, every time they... they you know, they're coming up to a rise with a, with a player of Southampton for the ball. But when it comes to you know, the, the, the full challenge, you know, with a header or whatever, then they end up turning their back on the ball. And the ball, like, just bounce behind them or bounce over them. And I'm thinking, look, look, we were we grew up watching that sort of Arsenal, you know, they attacking every ball. They, you know, almost like putting their marker down with every challenge, whether it's 50-50 or aerial challenges. But it's almost like we are willing to rather take that step back for... I'm like, like, yeah, fear. Uh, it looks more like fear when you watch them play. So I'm like, they're not willing to put their body on the line, you know, for the team scores. So, OK, we go into the the half, uh, 1-1. But, I mean, you could hear you know, the subtle groans again going around the stadium. Um, Arsenal then make their change again, uh, where they bring on Pepe for Chambers. And, uh, of course, they, they switch their formation again, you know, going 4-2-3-1. And, you know, people are also... It seems there's also this, this disconnect between what the manager wants and what the player is actually giving out because it's not like they take also a while to somehow click into gear what is going on because no sooner the, the, the game goes on again we have maybe a, a little you know say a five minute cameo of, of domination but then afterwards then it's you know back to square one back to the basketball type of football
1: but you know and I, I know we, we blame Emre a lot with this but how come last season was different? Where did it all go wrong in terms of this season? I mean, we, we last season we, we we kind of blew teams away for at home. I mean, and sometimes we had those odd games where we slacked, but at home we were mostly a banker to to win. I mean, but I when said we came, but when we came now to this season, it's like we couldn't buy a winner. I mean, you can't say like I know we we say that maybe it's the language barrier as well, but I mean. How come the last season it worked, but this season it just woefully just didn't?
0: I just think it's like people have um, almost like or figured him out somewhat. And it's, it's like now he, he tries something and then you think, okay, you know, see it out, like say for half an hour or half. But it's almost like he will uh, try something, so say for five minutes or ten minutes, then he start panicking when it, you know, it's not going accordingly. And then he'll start tinkering around. And, and of course, like the players are doing one thing. Because, I mean, how many times do you actually see the player actually watching what he's gesturing or saying? Because everybody, I mean, like, they, they, they pick up things too late. they doesn't like too late when they when they start to hear these warning or whatever, where he's not trying to gesture, look at that, that space. Because we are playing a, a, a sort of football where there's this, like, as I said before, the disconnect between midfield forwards and defence and midfield. Because every time you are seeing, like, even almost like the most mediocre players we are playing against, they are finding these pockets of space and all of a sudden they become like an NES though, a Xavi, and they all of a sudden dictate even middle of the park.
1: I mean, Southampton lost 9-0 to Leicester at home. I mean, how do you have confidence after losing 9-0, but yet they came back against Arsenal, brushed themselves off, and said, you know what, we're going to give you a game. And they came at us and came at us and, Arsenal don't learn we keep on making individual errors losing our rags and we forget that VAR is sometimes there
0: and I mean more of the, the same was in like of course second half where Arsenal seemingly in a sort of hole where they just can't get out of because I mean you not like you're willing them to, to, to you know to be better you can hear the crowd trying to get some sort of reaction out of the players but I mean the game just goes end to end football and 56 minute Pepe then uh, clips the crossbar in the 66th minute we have, in the so- Socrates... Oh, yeah, 66th minute, 66th minute. The Socrates' calamity, how he decides to do, like, a sort of cry turn. put <laughs> in possession by Cedric. And, you know, in that time that he's being dispossessed, he's still trying to actually get, get uh, you know, get to his feet. But, I mean, he's stumbling along on the ground. And I think if Cedric had had a cooler head, he could have played a simpler ball to uh, Obafemi. But, I mean, he ended up almost, like, choking the chance. And he just, you know, almost, like, flashed across... I mean it would have been an easy tap in for uh one of that any of
1: that forwards there for Southampton. it was very it's really like I don't know what happened. I don't know like the it wasn't was was nothing pass to to Socrates. There's no danger on you, you know just trying to move the ball forward or even giving it back to Leno possibly. I don't know what what he was trying on it. And uh, you could see um Pepe was is has lost his confidence, that swagger he had when he started, mm-hmm. and he you know the two goals he scored kind of lifted it. But I think throwing him back to the bench, threw the confidence away because there was an opportunity. I can't remember if it was before that miss or that chance of Cedric, or afterwards where Lacazette like gave a lovely ball to to Pepe. Pepe was kind of through on goal, mm-hmm. and he three he's Took too long to square to a bombing, or he could have even gone for the shot, but like he was caught in two minds, and then Southampton got in the way to clear the ball.
2: Yeah,
0: so then it's the 69th minute. Uh, Tierney, I mean, uh, I don't know, it was like he had a head of the, you know, as I said, the brain fade moments where the ball comes in, and one minute he's appealing for officer, the next minute, as uh, 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 the player's starting to peel off him, he tugs the player back, and I mean. It's also in front, of directly in front of the referee. I mean, it was checked by VAR, but I mean, everything was accordingly and, you know, penalty was given for Southampton.
1: But why? How many penalties are we going to give away this season? Is this a, or Actually, we've been giving away a lot of pe- penalties under Una Emre in general. So, we're a team who can't defend, but we lack discipline as well. does that make sense? Like, we're a dirty kind of team in the box, tugging players, diving in challenges but we're doing it in the wrong side of the pitch. I mean, make a tactical foul in there off, but we're making these little fouls in our own boxes. And, like, was it Dozy that did it last, or it the game before, or something like that, where he tugged one of the Leicester players in the box? And if we ordered to look at that, we would have been another penalty down against Leicester. So, you know, going to Southampton, it's like the guys don't learn the lesson. They do the same thing over and over.
0: Yeah, but I mean, uh, then, uh, then. You know, manages to step up, makes the penalty save from Ward-Prowse, but unfortunately the ball ends up spilling towards Ward-Prowse again and he tucks in the rebound 2-1 Southampton. And I mean, the crowd were almost like paying for blood
1: now. And 2-1, there was was chances afterwards where I think Willock cleared the ball off the line as well, where they could have made it 3-1 as well, Southampton. So the chances were there for us to get humiliated at home. If it was a more clinical side, could have been four, five, six, one at home, and that's not even exaggerating. You
0: know, I've not just jotted the just for a short little like a timeline. That what you mentioned now eighty-seven uh, minute warlock makes that block from the from Ninety second minute that Bufal shot, <laughs> TN just manages to block, which was it was it, like you know, going for the full goal. And then of course we end up in know, what was it, ninety third minute we going on the on the uh, almost like on the attack. Ball breaks down the edge of the box. Ball just gets hit to root one, forward to Janepo. Socrates is the last man. And I mean, he's trying to somehow give chase. And I mean, that Janepo is off. And I think he, just through Leno, like, you know, advancing somewhat, I think that kind of unnerved him. And look at that. That's not, you know, in a space of, you know, like you know, almost like a seven-minute or whatever time span, you had like three chances for Southampton to kill the game off completely.
1: The problem for me is Southampton at the Emory Stadium, no, make no doubt, you know, they're not any mugs, you know, they're not gonna walk over them. But how do you let Southampton make more clear cut chances as Arsenal Football Club with a and Lacazette and Pepe on the field, you have Southampton making more clear cut chances. There's surely something not right in the camp for that to be happening.
0: And then you know in typical I wouldn't say Arsenal, actually Emory fashion. 96 minutes, you know, totally against the run of play now. Double the reason it's a route one ball to Abame who flicks the ball on, which kind of takes out most of the Southampton defenders. Ball falls to Martinelli, who, you know, you know, draws Bertrand forward, you know, skips past him and he a beautiful ball over. And the whole Southampton defense and keeper, you know, misjudged the flight of the ball. Ball lands at it, Lucky's feet and he bangs in to make a two-two.
1: Lucky point for Arsenal. You know, probably saved uh Emirates Bacon for the for the for the evening or for the week because at that point, you know, if I think if Arsenal had to lose that game it would have been a worse off situation than like the draw. Not that it was the draw was just as bad, but it you know, kind of saved his blushes slightly.
0: So we swing our attention now to the Frankfurt game on Thursday evening against Uh, in the Europa League sorry Uh, Arsenal going to the game you know in a complete empty away block since as I mentioned last week Frankfurt were getting a a fan ban from UEFA Uh, added to that also a meager home attendance for the Arsenal fans you know the fans started you know doing their talking with their feet not attending the game so it looked I mean the attendance looked something like 15 to 20,000 you know 60,000 capacity stadium so you know it did look Quite awkward, you know, especially on TV now. And then, of course, Xhaka made his return. Um, Also, you could sense, besides now with that, with with the whole Xhaka thing, you know, even leading up to the game, there was already, again, this sense of uneasiness in the stadium, you know, just before kickoff. Because, you know, it was like the fans did not now also know what to expect or what sort of arsenal, because he was tinkering again this time. Emery now brought David Luiz in as a holding midfield, and he almost kind of flooded that. Defense
1: again. You know, uh, uh, the the game seemed very much as a testimonial pace in the beginning. Frankfurt as well felt like they weren't there. Frankfurt felt like the game was a chore to play the first half. And I, I, I was watching the game and I'm thinking, "Wow, like it's also awesome. not going to actually take advantage of this this lackluster performance of Frankfurt because you know Frankfurt I know they're not doing as well in the Bundesliga, but they are a very dangerous side. They have some talented players and. They've been inconsistent, but if they click, you know, they can cause damage. And at the first half of the game, and I thought Arsenal would have taken advantage of that.
0: And I mean, David Luiz in that holding midfield role just lost about 31 minutes and yet to be substituted since he had almost like chest pains or chest problems after getting a whack on the chest earlier in the game. Gwendoza yeah. then came on. Um, Arsenal then looked somewhat lively as, you know, after that, um, with Martinelli and Saka forcing... Frankfurt keeper into two fine saves. Um, the breakthrough then came on the stroke of half time. Martinelli picked out uh, Aubameyang. who, you know, dispatched the ball off the keeper and crossed 1 0 to the Arsenal.
1: It was a very lucky goal as well. Eh? Like, you know, he it with power, but the keeper could have maybe stand slightly better. But we also had a few chances. Martinelli had a few where, or the one chance where the keeper just got his foot to it. And then Aubameyang and Willock. You know, sums up the Emery Emery as a coach at the moment. You know, with a miscommunication where, well, uh, had a clear header and Willock got in his way, miscommunication. But like you said, we eventually got the breakthrough at just before half time. It's very ironic since we're the ones that's normally conceding before half time.
0: Yeah. So also go one up with Frankfurt. You know, giving a poor showing of themselves. Second half, different story. Double change by Frankfurt. Uh, Kasinovich came on for Andre Silva and Dominic Coor came on for Gelson Fernandes. And I mean, immediately you could see a whole different sort of play by Frankfurt. I mean, it was actually watching, uh, if you think of that Watford game, where you don't know what was now said at halftime because it's uh, like you saw a more flamboyant, more exciting attacking Frankfurt side.
1: I, I, I just like. I looked at it and I'm like, you know, our same old, same old Arsenal. We we had the opportunity to bury them. We had the chance to make it 2-3-4-0 in the first half with the opportunities. And you come out, I don't know if Arsenal had more um, arrogance or I think they, that, that's going to be back to the same in the first half. Or if they just downed their tools and didn't care and just wanted to actually lose the game. And I mean, it, it
0: seemed to do the thing, that substitution, because... You know, you saw Frankfurt like, a get a stronger foothold in the game, and I mean, the, almost like they fed off that uneasiness in the crowd. there were You know, any misplaced passes, you could hear the groans growing louder and louder, and every time there was, like, wrong decision making by the players, you, you could hear that, that, that a real anger being vented in the stadium, and it was just growing, growing, and, and I mean, you knew Frankfurt were, you know, it was that, that Goal was gonna come. It was gonna come because it was. They were just getting closer and closer with the with the chances. And I mean, 55 minutes, Daiichi Kamada, allowed to then cut inside by Tierney, uh not really closed down by Quindosi. And I mean, he ends up bending a ball around Martinez. One one,
1: isn't it the summer? And the, like I guess it sums up Arsenal at the moment. We're backing off. We're backing off. We're backing off and allow the guy to shoot, and, you know, he, he picked his spot. He had time to pick his spot. There was no nobody rushing out, you know, to close him, or Jockey in front of him. It's like saying, here you go, here you go. There's like two, three guys around there that could have closed him. That's and, you know, what they did. They just ended up making a wall for Mar- um, for Martinez to see nothing yeah, when the ball called past him. I picked that up
0: also, yeah. Because i mean like, watching you know, when they saw the goalkeeper's angle, you can see he was a kind of like blindsided, about two or three players in front of him. And I mean, that commander guy, I mean, he picks a perfect pass to, you know, was like allowing that Martinelli only to see that ball very, very late.
1: It's like he was in a kind of a impish mood, uh, the, the the Japanese international on the night.
0: You know, then Emery starts losing his nerve somewhat. He takes off Martinelli, who was actually causing Frankfurt, you know, more problems. And, uh, you know, he brings on Ozil to somehow unlock whatever uh, Frankfurt had to offer. Because look, at, at the moment, Fragment were, when they were attacking, they were coming 4-4s out. When they were defending, they were doing it almost like two banks of four. So it was also like being even tougher now to break down. Uh, 64th minute, in Arsenal switch off again from a corner. Ozil then decides to walk instead of closing down, like, you know, fast. And I mean, Kamada gets the ball again, and he just wallops a, a low drive pass. I don't know, how many bodies there and I mean Frank would go two one up and I mean you then you deserve that old stadium, you know, that 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 total vinger ving, ving,
1: Total anger vented to at Emmeren. It seems like you sound like you want um <laughs> Arsen Wenger. <laughs> you still have a, a, a angry at Arsen Wenger for all these years. Oh, but my, um
0: my <laughs>
1: But they again, like you said, the closing down then allowing him to get the shot away. I mean it's unacceptable, and you're you staring yourself in the battle of defeat. i mean, two-one down, with you know time to come still bring yourself back in the game. But you know Arsenal of late, you don't see that happen. You don't see them, you know, allowing the opposition to buckle under pressure.
0: And you know, for me, what was also worrying, you know, normally so see a sort of intense and a sort of fight from like, teams. I'm not talking about Arsenal, just in general teams. But I mean, the longer the game went on. The so more Frankfurt looked dangerous and and you know could then you know pick off when they wanted to you know attack us or you know kind of stick the, the thing out of the game somewhere and then crank it up again and then Mustafa gets injured and Arsenal, or many were are thinking also in the crowd and I'm sure people at home were also thinking somehow get an attacking player on for that loss like what was it I forgot which minute it was now but I thought they were now gonna you know go all out for. And then he brings on Torreira. And I mean, you can see, also when I, like, you know, you try to chase this game to, to get that you know automatic qualification. So it's all like, we're not just prolonging everything because you're not going to really get like, anything going forward. So I mean that, you know, Frankfurt saw the game out and then it became, you know, another demoralizing defeat.
1: Yeah. That, that just, like I say, it, it sums up the, 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 the downward spiral we were going through. I mean, you know, you're looking at back to when last we actually won a game. Like you said, 6th of October in the Premier League. You go to the Europa League. We struggled to beat Vittoria at the Emirates. And then, you know, sliding further down the scale, we couldn't even get the job done in Portugal. And, like, we played the relegation in Southampton. And Frankfurt has been inconsistent at home. And you just can't seem to buy a win.
2: Yeah.
0: So, I mean, Frank, i the Friday morning. Uh, at about, I think, 9 or 10 a.m., breaking news in Sky Sports that the club had, had called in Una Emery and he had been sacked. So what was your thoughts?
1: Oh, you know, I, I, I've been calling for his head for quite a while, actually, and I was never, ever uh, 100% sold by him. But, I was, and, but to be honest, you know, that the 2% of me felt bad inside, you know, like thinking, ah, oh, you know, they actually gave him the cut. But I don't think he's ever, you know, truly won the fans over, like, 100%. And I think he'll go down as a manager that, you know, won't be spoken about much. Like, you know, over the years, we, we like, won't look back and say, talk. it was like a Bruce Rioch type guy. But I'm happy that it happened. We, we needed it to happen, as harsh as it may be. And Arsenal, for, for, for the first time in a long time, actually showed some aggression to show that they, you know, want to be back in that top four again. And it just needed to be done. I just kind of have my three picks already in mind. That's when I first hear yeah, your opinion before I give my three picks. But what's your thoughts of, you know, the sacking of emre
0: Um, I was <coughs> relieved because, I mean, you... <coughs> excuse me, my throat. Um, we saw not real development, especially going to the second of the season, even though we gave him that benefit of the doubt. So... You know, we. I thought we would not kick on from, um, you know, attacking side of football and and also be a bit more, uh, you know, added stability. We didn't see that. We also didn't see the attacking side because it's almost like he would go into a shell if things are not going right. And I thought to myself, normally a manager will try to, you know, like force that play or whatever his tactics are on the day will force it on you. So you know, you end up buckling as your as the opponent. But I'm uh, like, we showed. I respect so much or so many times in games and all of a sudden you had the teams in the bottom half of the of the league thinking, hey, we can fancy going there or when they come to us and taking them on and, and going toe-to-toe and probably beating them or getting a draw against them. So we already lost that fear factor number one with him in charge now. And now, uh, I mean, my take is just, I just think uh, somehow a disciplinarian is needed because It's all good and well, you know, in getting the flack and stuff like that. But for me, I mean, I fully agree with with what Gary Neville said yesterday, where it's like Emery was being put in charge of a squad of a majority, like about 70% mediocre players. I mean, yes, you can get get maybe some top quality out of them or build them into better players. But he, like what what Gary Neville was saying, and this I found key to everything. He said like you having to have people like Socrates, David Louise, and uh, Mustafa being like you know roughly the main part of your defense. But he said they are so set in their ways to teach them now almost like uh, your way or your art of defending, that's not gonna work. Because they're not so well set or you know, almost or stubborn in their ways. Whereas was, was what that's what I said what Gary Neville said I too really took to art because he said then you rather take younger defenders with that potential to show that you can actually mould into that sort of defence or defender that you want. Because, I, look, we said this even years before we even did podcasting, we need to start building our own identity as a defence. Because it's like we're taking all these people that are almost like always with one foot out of the door by their clubs. Look at, Socrates was not even planned anymore with Dortmund, and yet we paid, what was it, 17 or something million for him. David Louise. The writing was on, on the wall for him the minute Lampard came. Lampard wanted, like, even with that transfer ban, wanted to build a younger defense. It's, it's paying off for him. And then, of course, Mustafi, how uh, everybody would say, you know, Valencia laughed all the way to the bank when we paid 35 million for him. So, oh,
1: wasn't he the captain at the one stage? did he end up being the captain?
0: That's, I mean, I just, that's how, like Gary Neville said, the person that, that did recruitment for Arsenal should also be like, either slapped or choked. <laughs> we unlike we were really short change because you can see a lot of these in, in that's why we don't have leaders on the field. We've got each one that wants to do his own little thing. And I mean <clears throat> as much as I love Quintosia and you can see that his petulance is, is also costing us in games. His lack of awareness is costing us in games. Xhaka comes on the other day and uh, you know after that everybody said, Oh, we kind of missed him when he was gone. He came, there was no difference. <laughs> because, I mean, he might have did like three or four decent passes. Other than that, he was losing people in, in midfield. He was, you know, just running or, uh, you know, running aimlessly to dead, dead ends there on the field. So, I mean, you got the, a midfield, that Arsenal uh, mid, uh, midfield that, that ends up losing, uh, you know, getting lost in the game. You've got a, a forward line that's almost like toothless now because there's no support coming. You've got a defense who are all over oh, I mean it, it becomes like a clown show, whatever happens in the back. Even a Ballarin looks you know totally out of it at the moment. I mean, whether I'm talking about the a league form also now. Tierney looks I'm mean, gonna now. If he's not almost like coached in the right way, he looks like a DNA headlights um, <laughs> that sort of moment because he's not being coached right and he, and he can't look over his shoulder and look at them and think, I can look up to them. They also go, you know, it's that's all it's like a train smash at
1: the moment. Was probably- <laughs> There's no mentors in the Arsenal side. You know, if you were an up-and-coming youngster, back in the day, you'd have Tony Adams to look up to, Lee Dixon, Nigel Winterburn, all those guys to learn from. Centre of the park, you had Patrick Vieira to learn from, Gilberto Silva, you know, Robert Perez, Freddie Lingberg, You know, the, the goes on and on and on and on. Now the guys are just too much attitude. Like you said, dozy. you know it's petulance cost us sometimes. You know, he has that fight to, to, you know, win us the game, but who are you looking up to? A balmy like I said to also have the attitudes when they must, you know, be subbed or at in training when they joking around and things like that. So it's just, I think it's just like you said, it's a circus and a train wreck and you never had a ringmaster coaching the circus basically because Una Everett, it didn't seem like you knew how to manage all these egos. So like you said, I think a disciplinarian is needed for the club.
0: And I mean, what what? also really pissed me off the other day, just leading up to the Europa League game, the Cameras were now again at training like with, with uh, you know, since it was now after the Southampton game. And... The, and you know, you see this playfulness by by Guendouzi and Maitland Niles and Socrates. I mean, Socrates of all people also. You know, they're they goofing around Lakazette and Obama chatting to each other. And I'm thinking to myself, how are we supposed to be taken seriously as a team? If I mean we we dangling like eighth going or like someone to, to drifting to the blow lower half of the table and you taking the piss like it instead of being more focused on, on you know, whatever games come comes our forward. So I mean, look. Freddy Ljungberg now takes, uh, you know, interim charge of the, the the team, and I mean, I think you will probably. I think he's doing also press conference today, um, to also like notify who his coaching staff or temporary coaching staff is going to be. But I mean, look. Also, all oh, now probably now, you know, making contact with different managers now. that are available.
1: Speaking about managers, I think my top three would be, you know, Pochettino number one. If you could get him, it would be good. Number two, I think, would be Allegre, And if we can't get Allegre, I'd go for then Nuno, Santo of uh, Wolves. And I, but I do think, you know, the, the choice ultimately is probably going to end up being Arteta. That's my dark
0: horse pick, probably. I mean, I, I see a lot of people <coughs> kind of write Arteta off. I'm not saying now, like, say, us or maybe our listeners. It? But I just think people must thinking of it like this also he can also bring in that sort of knowledge that that he picked up with Pep Guardiola. I mean, I'm not saying he's going to go carbon copy, everything like that, but he will probably know what sort of bases we need as a, as a defence. And I think whether, uh, as you said now, whether it's Poch, Allegri, Santo, any, uh, Arteta or any other dark horse out there, I just, like, for me, look, I'm very open to whoever coaches the team. But for me, it's like, just... Bring back a sort of stability in their defense, even if it means now, let's like say, look, another club doesn't like buying in January, but you know, just bring in some sort of defender that can somehow pull this whole clown show on track again. Because I think. I, yeah. No, go on, go on, go on. No, because I mean, I I don't see us, you know, doing anything, you know, spectacularly this year if it's going this route. Because you you know for a fact. Europa League. The minute the, the Champions League teams third place, they all drop down into the Europa League. It becomes even more competitive. And then you've got cup competitions. You don't know which way we're going to go now because surely by the time the FA Cup comes around in, in early January, is that when the when the club is going to already make a decision with a with a coach, uh, new coaches there, or are they going to make the, the coaching decision right now? You know, come December because for me. <clears throat> also, the biggest letdown has also been the, you know, the likes of Raul Sannehi, because uh, uh, it seemed all buddy buddy the way uh, he was also prolong, prolonging this uh, sacking of, of Emery. <clears throat> and uh, of course, Edu, uh, I was expecting a bit more from him. And uh, same with that Vinay guy, I was expecting something extra because for me, it makes them look actually weak now. And, and also, the Krunk is not really putting their foot down and saying, look, we're going to have to pull the trigger here when that's going on. Because I really thought that's going to happen the Leicester game already with that international break that came on afterwards. But it's like, you know, we keep on stalling, keep on stalling. And now it's almost like we, in a case again where we made the decision and now it's starting to scramble around because I don't know how long they're going to need now to, to you know, line up a, a successor now.
1: But I do think they have added it, success in mind. I don't think they would have pulled the plug
0: yeah,
1: I Immediately. I think they a, a had a very informal chat with somebody that said, you know, give me a, To think about it, but, you know, I uh, could be your man. And that's what I probably went through with Emily. That's just my thinking. Mm. So, oh. yeah, I, th- I think it could be Arteta, because I think he could be the easiest one maybe to sway away. You know, he's not, you know, really tied down. He has a, a first-team coach. I know he's very involved with Pep, but, I mean, it I think it could be possibly him.
0: I mean, the only thing I also want from the board now is, um, you know, with whoever comes in now as a coach, you know, give that, give him whatever financial support that he needs. I'm talking now of if he needs to buy big and whatever, let him buy big. Because, I mean, we also have to think of kind of, you know, I wouldn't say thinking too far in advance, but we need to think now over like two years and beyond now for somebody that can now bring in, and that's why I said, like, bring in a sort of defender, besides, I would say, with Saliba coming in next year or next season, uh, have also, you know, have had a couple more like I in that mould to come to the club for, for whether it's coming uh, January or in the summer. Because I think also a, a better central uh, defenders are needed. That's a must, guaranteed. And then, of course, Ballard needs either some sort of competition or somebody better because you can see he's he's lost a hell of a lot of pace. I mean, I was shocked to see how he was, like, laboring in, in, in the games that he's now played. I mean, I know, yes, he, uh, uh, an injury like that, you have to also be careful in that. But for me, he looks like a shadow of... And I, mean, I worry because for me, that was also one of his dangers to opponents that, you know, just his pace where he could, you know, really take you on over 100 metres. And I think with Tierney, I think he needs better competition too, to push him further because... I don't see Collison as being the one to do that.
1: Uh, I think we just need. I think if a new coach comes in and tells us we have to be patient for his rebuilding process, not maybe two years, but maybe until like the start of next season, I'll be happy and I'll give him time. You know, even if we don't make Champions League, but come the next season when you have a old summer with the team and. You have your time to build the squad. And I think it's clever for him to get rid of Emre because he kind of, the new coach kind of has a tryout period and then can be judged to the next one.
0: So I think what what was also a cool feature now to all this playing out, you know, Freddy was with, with Fredy now leading the team into tomorrow's game against Norwich, he can go almost like beef, almost like he can actually express himself, if I can put it like that. So you, you could even see him more Free-flowing, attacking Arsenal team playing because that is how he was coaching the under-23s. There were, you know, they quite a the ruthless cutthroat side when when he was coaching the under-23s, and I mean that's also what caught the eye of of the the hierarchy at Arsenal, you know, to, to give him like the, the first team role, a coach role at, Ars- at, at, at under Emery, and then of course now being interim coach now with the second. So as at end of the podcast now, you know, I just hope we we really put on a performance now to show what we've been all missing these past months so yeah come on you gunners.
1: new chapter and hopefully a lot to look forward to thanks guys for listening